0: The Jolt with Larry Flick on Sirius XM OutCue. I'm Larry Flick and you're on The Jolt, Sirius XM OutCue. It is time at long last for the new season, the second season of Transparent on Amazon. And uh, what a thrill to welcome back to our studio, the mastermind, the real diva. Of Transparent, Jill Soloway. Hello.
1: I am the mastermind.
0: You are the mastermind. (laughs) I said to you before we turned the mics on that this is such a crazy time because all eyes are on this show. It's really exciting, but it's got to be nerve-wracking to be in the eye of the kind of storm you're in right now.
1: Yeah, well, we had a really good time doing season two, so I'm actually super-duper excited for people to see it because I feel like we kind of went for it. Have you had a chance to see it yet? I've
0: seen the first episode. That's all they made available. All right. And I was blown away. Oh, thank you. I was really blown away because, uh, you know, when you get it right out of the box, it can unravel.
1: Yes, people are expecting you to go downhill from there.
0: Yeah, it's almost like the sophomore slump. I see that happen uh, in music all the time. Yeah. You have your whole life to work on that first piece. Yeah. And then when you do the second piece, it's like (laughs) it's all about the woes of having to come up with the second piece. Right. Um, But what I saw in the the first episode of season two is a continuation, which is what I was hoping for, Mm. and a deepening. Mm. It hinted that we were going to learn more, that it was going to get a little more a little more real, for lack of a better word, right now, mm. a little bit more honest, I think. I felt like when I was watching the first season in retrospect that we were witnessing the, the building of a foundation. And when you're doing that, you get a lot of prototypes, you get a lot of testing. With success comes confidence. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah that's exactly right. Yeah, we um, we had the third season already ordered. We had a lot of, yeah, we had a lot of, you know, positive regard and acclaim. And so we really went into season two saying, uh, let's be free. Let's go for it. We can do anything. And so everybody was really just pushing themselves to that deeper place. I was pushing myself as a director in episode one. You know, I really wanted it to feel like a film, like a half an hour film that all took place at one location, this wedding in Palm Springs. And the writers are pushing themselves. The actors are pushing themselves. We have a great uh, trans woman in the writers' room now, named Lady J. And Lady um, J is a genius, by the she's way. She's a genius, and so she's, she's helping genius. give soul to Maura and give that that trans woman experience from deep inside. Um, yeah, we have a, a, a great a great process, a great collection of people, and we're we're just going for it.
0: What I like about what I've seen of the uh, in the first episode is more of just full-on storytelling mm-hmm. as opposed to very special episodes. Mm-hmm. There's 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 this thing that comes with, and I, I went through this when I first started working here, being on the, the queer radio station. It was like, well, what is really going on there? And it's like, mm-hmm. what's going on? I'm a guy who does radio. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Excuse me, did you feel any of that ghosting you to create certain messaging, certain images, especially with the success?
1: Well, I think the messaging and the kind of political work, we were actually more conscious of season one because it was pre Um, It was only a year ago, but this whole dialogue around trans civil rights was really not quite exploding yet. And so when this, the culture did kind of give birth to this conversation when some, some of the trans 101 questions got asked and answered on Diane Sawyer. Um, frankly, I think when we saw the social media, media response to Caitlin, which was like a you know almost 100% you go girl, lots of love, lots of positivity, I felt that the kind of protection of Maura, protection of trans folk was now not my responsibility. That everybody had somebody else to talk about when they were talking about. A famous family with a parent who transitioned. Is that great? Yeah. Now we got to just make great television.
0: Because I remember we met I think literal days, hours before Bruce said. Is that right? Yeah. I remember that uh, oh yeah, that's we right. I we, we, I uh, we had that. a we had a sort of a, a handshake agreement off the air that we weren't going to use this opportunity to talk about Bruce Jenner, but yeah. to talk about the art. Of making transparent, mm-hmm. and I was so glad that we did that. And um, everything is different now. Yeah, everything is different. Everything is different now, and Mora just seems like exactly what I always dreamed would happen—just a character in a TV
1: show. Yeah, yeah, with struggles, some of which have to do with being trans, and some of which have to do with parenting and yeah. love. And
0: was or... there was there any um, pressure? Uh, from within the system, by which we're, we're, wherein you're working, to to keep it like that, or, or to or to maybe make her more exemplary. No,
1: that's again like that. That was we we sort of call it taking the bubble wrap off. And you know, as a writer, you really always want your characters to have big Achilles' heels. You really always want to put them through a sort of emotional torture and have them come up against you know major obstacles and fall and fall and fall again. And so it really wouldn't work if we were trying to protect any characters. Um, and, yeah, I did feel a little bit that we had to do that season one because Maura was trans and because she was the first trans person that a lot of people in this country and this world were inviting into their homes I kind of wanted her to be exemplary. But, no, we, um, we've we been looking for an opportunity to kind of, you know, let her go and let her loose, and we definitely got to do that season season two.
0: Did you ever find yourself not believing people when they were – being so laudatory of the show, because there are times when it feels like people will say things because they feel like they should say them, mm. because they feel like, well, I want to be, I want to be in that cool room, mm-hmm. and transparent is a cool room, right?
1: Liking transparent is a way to be okay with trans people. Yeah, it's like right.
0: it's you know, I remember when I was first coming out many, 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 many years ago, and it was a very different world. Yeah, and people would say, I know a gay guy. Mm-hmm. And it was that classic joke of, he lives in Chicago. His name is Bob. You Maybe must you know each know him. other. Yeah. Um, and 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 <clears throat> and so I wondered if you felt like there was any of that coming your way—that people were just. Did you ever wonder if people had actually seen the show?
1: So occasionally, occasionally, but for the most part, I really encountered the opposite. I encountered people who weren't inclined to like it. For the most part, I encountered people like me who loved it, you know, in terms of who I see day to day. Women, queer people, Jewish people, love the show. And I never suspected anything other than they were telling me the truth because I think it felt for them like a bit of a revolution. They were seeing somebody like them on TV as the main character, not the best friend, not the story of the week, not the victim, not the villain. But yeah, I did, especially Jeffrey, did encounter a lot of sort of straight white men who said things like, I didn't want to watch it. I didn't want to like it. Somebody made me watch it. I loved it. And th- those are, those. you know, I also meet a lot of Jewish people who say, my parents watch it, my grandparents watch it. They relate to Shelley. Like They'll go to sort of like a, a Passover Seder, or a family dinner, and a, and a generation of sort of Jewish moms and dads or grandmas and grandpas over the age of 60 are loving Transparent. And and I love that the show can do that, that it can bring people in because it feels so familiar. And then while you're there, you kind of can't help but love Maura. You kind of can't help but root for her.
0: You know what's really funny is, as you were saying that, I was thinking the thing I actually find most bold about Transparent is how overtly Jewish it is. Yeah. Because we don't really get characters of faith yeah. on TV shows. And if they are, they're st- Ridened in a way that is very unlikable or leads to uh, kind of a very, very pious corner Mm -hmm. of the room. I think that, I think that the religious aspect may even be bolder than the trans aspect.
1: I think it probably is actually in terms of what people would have let me put on TV.
0: And the laughter around it, the fact that sometimes it's, that's, that's where the humor comes from. Yeah. They Um, get it wrong a lot. They get it wrong a whole lot. Yeah. Um, When you, when you are, uh, when you were building the, the arc for, for season two, um, and we've talked about previously about how the great thing about Transparent is that it's, it's about all these different people and, and it only works if all the people are in the mix. And sometimes one might leave or it might look like they're going to leave, Mm. um, were you at any point playing with the equation of people? Because I know that we have some a couple of new faces this season. Yeah. Angelica Houston joins the cast. Cherry Jones. How do you how do you how do you how did you play with the equation of characters and the way they're going to play with each other?
1: Yeah, we didn't really think. To, we don't think too much about the math beforehand. We just kind of really channel the needs of the characters and look. Maura needs a love interest, and.
0: So glad you're loving.
1: Imagining, imagining Mora and Angelica Houston's character Vicky together—it was just such a satisfying notion. Somebody mm. who could really see Mora eye to eye, and who could kind of take up the same spiritual weight in the world as Mora. Angelica Houston just felt like a match. Just felt like a real match for Mora, and so that just felt very natural. We didn't really think about it in terms of what it was going to do to the math of all of the characters, and you know, Ali is coming to terms with her own queerness, her own gender journey, what she's inherited, what's hers, what's her MAPA's. And, you know, she's in in, in season three, she has a relationship with Sid, but she also becomes really obsessed with this professor who's played by a professor and a poet who's played by Cherry Jones. Uh, You know, we we, 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 we just wanted to give Allie that great story and give her that triangle to be a
0: part of. So do you you already know what ha- what's happening in season three?
1: Oh, did I say season three? Yeah. Oh, I mean season two. Oh. Sorry, thought, I'm writing season three right now. You're so, writing season yes. three? Yes, season two, which you guys, yes, season um,
0: two. I thought, ooh, scoop. Yes,
1: um, season three, all new things. All new things.
0: Yeah. Uh, it's Jill Soloway talking with us, uh, transparent, back on Amazon. Um, the idea of, of, of Mara having a love interest is very, very exciting because I don't, I think there's there's so much there's so much tension about the the idea of uh, gender identity and where sex comes to play in it and, yeah. and 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 many people who are addressing that are very very cautious to talk about mm-hmm. their sexuality. Um, I think because they're worried about playing into the purian curiosity of, of outsiders. Um, how how did you what did you and and Jeffrey talk about because i know he is um i having spoken with him a number of times he almost seems more protective of mora than you are
1: probably yeah i mean when i think about um you know first of all like, as somebody who's not trans who's become somebody who is taking the mantle of speaking for trans people um i always want to like when i when i discuss this kind of stuff i always want to say that like I'm only getting it right in as much as I've learned from the trans people around me. But when I think about something like um, the sex lives of trans folk, I think about about Ian Harvey, who played Dale season one. And he's like this really amazing comedian and he's trans. And, you know, he came to the writer's room and talked to us about, uh, you know, this thing he does in his stand up act where he just says, yeah, I'm a guy. I've got a pussy. So what? Like, what are you going to do? Like, I'm you know, kind of bullying dude who would have this attitude like, yeah, I'm a dude, I got a pussy, so what? You know, he, he talks about his maleness and he talks about his body as being perfectly suited for each other. And one of the things that he said that was so interesting to me is everybody, cis people, trans people, straight people, gay people, everybody maybe needs to have a conversation before they have sex. Like, hey, I don't like my legs or don't touch my this. Or when you do that, make sure you don't do this. A lot of people talk about their bodies and what they like about their bodies and what they don't like about their bodies and, and how they want to be touched and how they want to be talked to. And they talk about that whether they're trans or not. And so when when tra- having sex with trans bodies just maybe means maybe a little bit more of a conversation about, hey, this is what you're going to find here and I don't want you to touch this and I do I love it when you do that. And so when I think about um, more as sex life, I don't really think about the sort of of purient, you know, um, the porny, you know, transsexual uh, fetishization, objectification of trans women. You know, that happens to be something in our society that a lot of people are obsessed with. They really are curious about how trans women have sex. They're not curious about how trans men have sex. This really is is trans misogyny. It's transphobia to be obsessed with this question of how does a trans woman have sex. Um, It's one of Somebody, it's a lot of people's favorite question that they kind of want to know. It's an obsession. It's an obsession. It's 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 not that hard to figure out. You know, (laughs) it's all over the internet, (laughs) um, just like any kind of uh any any people having sex. But you know, the 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 other thing that I think confuses people is, um, that there are a lot of trans women who identified as straight men before, and so a lot of people go, "Well, are they still attracted to women?" You know people really c- can't quite figure this out they can't quite figure out what it would mean for a trans woman to be a lesbian and lesbian trans women are just like lesbians they you know they're attracted to women just like lesbians mm-hmm. and there are lesbian trans women and there are straight trans women just like there are lesbian cis women and there are straight trans straight cis women
0: but i love i love the the idea of of trans people in general bringing the conversation back to intimacy versus I mean, when I think about how gay men interact, for mm-hmm. example, um, it's all about our physiology. Mm-hmm. It's, okay, I'm negative, I'm positive, mm-hmm. I'm on prep, I, you know, mm-hmm. I use got... It's very... In this
1: many inches, I'm cut, I'm not cut. Right, it's,
0: <laughs> but, it's, but it's all physiological. Yeah. It's not, and this is what makes me feel good.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know what I mean? Yeah,
1: no, never? Nobody's ever said that?
0: Um. It's not as common.
1: It's kind of like an objectifying...
0: It Well, yeah, because men are, you know... Men are men are men. Whether they're attracted, no matter who they're attracted yeah. to, so it's all external. And and the, the the men who are are more internal and and have a deeper emotional life, they either that's what they're still closeted about, mm-hmm. or they are very cautious about it. Just like in in the gay male world, there's this thing called bottom shaming. Mm-hmm. Everyone has to kind of be. The, the cop top. on the walk, mm-hmm. if you will. So the idea of having intimacy, not just on this show, but just in general, that one of the, the gifts that trans people are bringing to the conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or yeah, I don't, know if, I don't general, know if necessarily
1: trans people aren't responsible for that. I mean, to me, I think that I, I, I would maybe call that um, the feminine, or maybe I would call that just communication or...
0: It is more the feminine. Yeah. Because the trans men I know... Um, are very much like me and other. Yeah, I mean it's it's hard. Men. It's so
1: hard to generalize. I know it's it's I know, fun I'm to obvious, generalize, like, but for me, when I think about a co- like things like conversations before sex, they're they're so obvious. They're so necessary. Yeah, of course. They're what's behind this whole question of consent. You know, when people, you know, in in, in hetero relationships, when people are having this question of what is consent, it's like a really bold idea is that two people would sit before they have sex and say, it is both of our intention to make sure the other one feels good. If two people communicated and connected over the idea of, hey, so we're going to have sex, let's both figure out how to make each other feel good. This question of whether or not somebody consented would be off the table. Yeah. Because there would be an arrangement that the idea was to make each other feel good. So these questions about when somebody can say stop. Mm-hmm. Or if you've consented to one act, you consent to it all. It's like, well, not if two people are, are, are both attempting to yeah. make each other feel good, which is what sex is supposed to be.
0: Well, and it, it's funny because um, I could already hear, I agree with you 100%, but I could already hear the argument of, but that takes the spontaneity away, which is what Men have been saying for the ages about condom use.
1: Right, exactly. It's a very very similar. It's a very similar conversation, right? Actually, you would have a conversation.
0: You could have a very passionate conversation about what you want. Yeah. (laughs) It could be very heated. It doesn't have to be. You can
1: very passionately put in put on a condom.
0: Exactly. (laughs) Yes, it has happened. (laughs) That's uh, Jill Sawalay here. Uh, transparent. How did we get there? Because, because we did. Yeah. And I'm really and glad we that we did. We did. Um, do these characters follow you around when you're not even working on? Oh them? yeah,
1: for sure. Yeah. So they're...
0: do you find yourself uh, all of a sudden channeling this person or that person from the from the Always. Characters?
1: Yeah, I'm always dreaming about them. They're yeah. with me when I'm driving, in the shower. You know, any time that my consciousness kind of lets go a little bit, I, I hear and feel the story of the show.
0: Do you, do you find that there are periods of time when one character will really dominate your thoughts more than another?
1: I feel like I'm really in the center of all of them. That's what I love about this show is that I feel like there's a ring. There's like a circle mm. and everybody's there. So there are a lot of, a lot of the shows that I love, like Louie or Girls or even like a Woody Allen movie. Mm. There's a very clear protagonist um, and you, you kind of find yourself, you know, wanting to root for a particular person. And what I love about Transparent is that your allegiances are always moving, you know, that there'll be a scene where, you, where you're just so there with Allie, and then you get to the next scene, and then you hate her the way Josh hates her, yeah, and then you root for Josh. And then, you know, that, that there's this moving sense of protagonism, which I think is part of this this idea of the circle.
0: It's fun, but it's also very stressful.
1: Uh-huh. To watch the show? Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, and uncomfortable a, a little bit?
0: Uh, a little bit, but not in a way that is a turnoff, but more in a... It, uh, it always keeps you guessing, mm-hmm. which it, is, yeah, which makes you come back because I don't tend to binge watch anything. Mm. I, I like, I like to kind of ruminate and, and meditate, go back and watch again. Uh, the only shows I ever in my life binge watch are shows I already know mm. because then I, I, I put them on for long stretches as company.
1: Mm. Right.
0: You know what I mean? While you're folding your laundry. While well, I'm folding my laundry or I'm, you know, doing some work. It's like voices in the room that yeah. are familiar. Yeah, those are my friends. Yeah, exactly. Whereas, you know, when I went to watch the first episode of Transparent, I needed to sit, mm. watch, concentrate. Mm. To do that for hours would be would hurt the experience because inevitably I would be wanting to get to the end. Mm-hmm. And then I would miss something. Yeah, And also then that would become stressful because you do, it is, it's like, it's like, um, like a casino wheel mm. and you don't know where the ball is going to land. Mm.
1: That makes me happy that you experience it that way. I love that. Yeah.
0: Cause, because sometimes, sometimes all I do is root for Josh. Mm. He's one of my favorite characters. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes I just think, God, I really like to pop more on the
1: head. Uh-huh.
0: You know? yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and, 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 that's fun. That's great. It almost they almost become real,
1: like real people, like in your family. Yeah, But I like the feeling that it's like a carousel.
0: It is. It's just yeah, and you don't know where the ball is going.
1: Yeah, stop. yeah.
0: Um, what? Where does this go? I mean, is this is this the kind of thing that goes on and on and on in your fantasies?
1: I think you know a nice chunk of time, like any great series.
0: I mean, have you? Some I've uh, I've talked to people who do what you do and. Mm. They, in their minds, have already written the last scene. They know the end point for these people.
1: That I don't have. I would like for them all to, I would like to believe that they're going to be happy. And they're going to be okay. But I don't actually see that quite yet. But I do think certainly five years, maybe more, maybe seven years, five or seven years. Seven
0: would be good. Yeah.
1: Whatever, whatever the audiences good. want. Whatever the world needs of these people.
0: Of I the just... Pfeffermans. I, I believe they're all going to be okay because I think they're ultimately all good people. Um, there's something about this family that the core is pure, mm. which is really nice. I love that. And I think that's why you come back to it. Mm. and I think that's what people have really fallen in love with. Mm. I think we miss the notion of a pure family, mm. a ride-or-die group of people.
1: Mm. I love that.
0: It's really neat. And then, you know, one of them just happens to be one just happens to be trans mm-hmm. one happens to be straight they're ride or die a real family is a collection of all kinds of people mm-hmm. it's amazing yeah congratulations thank you congratulations it's, it's thank you just the thrill to sit it's here and talk with you about here. something so wonderful oh thank you that's Jill Soloway go to Amazon and get your eyes and ears on the new season of Transparent and of course there's the first season if you haven't seen it yet well catch the fuck up Uh, to be continued, I hope. Stick around. There's more to come.